Do you care about kids? Do we as a nation care about kids? Probably nodding your head right now. Hold off on that for a second. Coming up on I'm Right. Welcome to I'm Right, and it's time for some COVID communism. Kids, I want, I want you to picture something. Just, just, just walk with me here for a second before we get into a video that is heavy. But I want you to just put America out of your mind for a moment. I want you to picture a Middle Eastern country of some kind. That's a normal thing for Americans to look at Middle Eastern countries oftentimes Muslim countries, and they'll point out to horrible things that are done in those countries to women or kids. And let's, let's just say uh, Afghanistan. Afghanistan's a great one. I realize it's not really Middle East, but you can follow with me here. Afghanistan. You've heard the stories about what happens to children in Afghanistan, right? And they outrage you. They outrage me. It's disgusting. It's horrible. And what's so enraging about it, if you do any digging into the child bride stuff and the Bakabazi stuff, and it's, it's really, really gross. Not stuff I'm going to get into here. It's a family show, but it's really, really gross stuff. But if you look into it, if you dig into it, it's systemic. It's not like, hey, there's a guy on the corner who does this stuff. Keep your kids away from him. It's just part of parts of the culture. I don't want to indict all of Afghanistan. That's not all their culture, but it's a huge part of their culture. Oh, yeah, child brides. Oh, yeah, I'm going to marry an 11-year-old girl. Okay, gross, what? Part of their culture. How do you think about them when you hear that stuff? What goes through your mind? I, I know what goes through your mind. It's all right. You don't have to use all the words I know that you probably text your buddies or words you think at the time, but you think barbarians, freaking subhuman. Monsters? Who could, who could do that to kids? What kind of a system just abuses kids regularly and it's got the approval of other people? I mean, I have several friends of mine who've worked with, you know, Afghan police forces. And you remember the story came out about, a, I believe it was a Green Beret, ended up socking one of them. Why? Because he was abusing a young boy. And it came out, that's just the norm. It's just the norm. And you think that's disgusting and horrible, and you should. What do you think about us? I mean, I've got to ask the question. I know it's uncomfortable, makes me uncomfortable. Probably you're uncomfortable right now. What do you think about us? Uh, child brides, but we don't, we don't have anything that bad, Jesse, really? You know, we've killed about 50 million unborn babies in this country. Oh, but that's abortion, that's different. We don't, we don't do that once they get older. We don't? I want you to watch this video and I want you to know something before I play it. It's longer, way longer than I normally play. We normally stick with, you know, little 10, 15 second snippets of this because then I can get back to me. I'll quit. We're joking. But this is long. I want you to sit there and I want you to watch it. Do me a favor and just take this in. I am here for my daughter and beyond anything else, she loves school. The harm you have done to her, she still loves school. I can only name a few people in her life that have harmed her and actively participated in holding her back and stopping her progress, and almost every one of them is in this room tonight. The past two years have been shameful as the district has been busy lauding themselves while they enact policies that have absolutely been devastating to her growth. We have seen two years of almost no growth, missed goals, goals removed, 
Her team is doing everything that they can. We've hired specialists. She still loves school. My 10-year-old daughter has kept these feelings to herself about how much she desperately wants to take her mask off. When we told her that it may be possible on Monday, she cried, tears. She jumped up and down. She told us that she was so excited that people may finally be able to understand her. You have harmed her so much with this. Everybody talks about, everybody's got to be safe, everybody's got to have everything, and we've left so many children behind. We've tried to protect her. This morning, she got up before us, and she started singing a song to her dolls about how excited she was, that kids were finally going to be able to see her smile, that she was going to be able to see other kids' smiles that kids would be able to understand her and she would stop being picked on because they could not understand her through her mask because her speech has been delayed even more than her special needs. She is a strong girl, but when I heard her do that and I heard the things that she said, it broke me. I will never forgive myself for not fighting more. On behalf of the whole board, thank you for your comments. I'm just going to remind all individuals in this audience and in our overflow rooms need to have on a mask. Tough, right? Want to hear another one before I move on? Probably not. I'm going to tell you anyway. You ready for this? You know I do a radio show too. Every, every night, the Jesse Kelly show. I do a radio show too. And took some callers last night. I usually don't t take many of those, but took some callers. I wanted to hear people's stories about what COVID restrictions have done. One of them was a father. You can go download it and listen yourself if you want. I, I don't know that I'd recommend it. If that was hard for you, believe me, this will be twice as hard. Father has an 18-year-old autistic son. Big kid, too, 6'5". Obviously needs regular treatments, therapies, he, he just needs help, just needs some counseling, needs some help along the way to make sure he's fitting or fitting in okay. Well, because of all these COVID restrictions, he hasn't been able to get any of his help, none whatsoever, and he has regressed into full-blown psychosis, and he now attacks his parents physically, his mother and father, every single day. They have to physically restrain their son because he's lost his mind. I want you to know something before I move on here. I assign blame. I am angry. I know you are angry, and I'm not going to let this go. I don't want you to think that next week, next month, there'll be all midterm elections, baby, whatever, that we're just going to move right along and forget this. Two years, people in this country have been abused by the institutions they thought they could trust. And it turns out those institutions were all run by monsters. And I'm not gonna let it go. I'm not just gonna shrug it off. I'm gonna do TV show after TV show about it. I'm gonna do radio shows about it. I might do a film documentary. I'm talking to a friend about it now. I'm never stopping. Normal people are gonna have their stories heard because Randy Weingarten shouldn't be out there on television. She should be in handcuffs. I am in favor of an off-ramp on mass. Right. The real issue becomes, are, is, the, is, is the spread low enough so that there's no dissemination or transmission in schools? And it's not the teachers transmitting to kids. 
um, it's more kids and kids, particularly in elementary schools right now. And so the question really becomes, do we have, that's why I like what Massachusetts has done, because what they've said is that on a school-by-school basis, they said if there's 80% vaccination rates, then those schools can lift the mandates. That human being is a monster and deserves to be arrested. I'm not trying to be outlandish. I'm not calling for mob justice. This isn't about vengeance, although I'll be frank with you, I do want vengeance. That person has to be placed in handcuffs. They have to be put on trial. It should be a public trial. And that person should go away for a very, very, very long time to a dark prison somewhere. They just have to. We have to have an accounting. There has to be a reckoning for what has been done to normal people in this country. The truth is the institutions abuse us. Okay, they're full of evil people. We get that now. We have bad institutions. They abuse us. We get it. Okay, so how do we make it stop? We only make it stop by the next group of people who, running, who run these institutions. We make it stop by them being afraid to abuse us. Jennifer Saki, Jen Saki, she can go on trial too. If you are a parent, a teacher, a student living in a state where that is no longer recommended, should you still follow the CDC guideline? Yes. So even if the state is not requiring that you wear masks in the schools? Well, this is where we would advise any American to follow the CDC guidelines. Without a second thought. I want you to understand that that person watched the father sitting there sobbing and didn't have a second thought, didn't move her at all. That's who runs this country. And by the grace of God, people are starting to fight back. Loudoun County has been one of the centers of fighting back against all this insanity in this country. And I do love this little video of kids delivering affidavits about the mask. It's wonderful. Affidavit and remonstrance and maladministration include some of the following demands. Demands to cease and desist all CRT and RC programs. Demands to dedicate restrooms according to male, female, transgender and staff. Demands to cease and desist enforcing unconstitutional COVID-19 mandates. Demand for full disclosure of incidents regarding sexual abuse and protection against such abuse in the future. Your remedy is to step down or abide to the demands set forth. You have been served today on February 8th 2022. Uh, uh, children, please Thank deliver you. the affidavit. I am not being served. I am being provide those to the PAO in the back of the boardroom, please. That is not, that will be served to the that will be served to our legal counsel. We are in recess. Make them afraid. Sue, get lawyers. There has to be an accounting. Washington students, what you're looking at right there, walking out. We had this brave Washington student. I'll tell you what, man. We maybe we are maybe inadvertently we're raising a generation of freedom fighters out there. They could, you know, protect their jobs all they want, but everybody knows that, you know, we're the silent majority. You know, the people in there agree with us. You guys saw it in the teachers. You guys, the security guards out there agreed with us, you know. So eventually, you know, the walls are going to break through. Stand up for your freedom, you know. Stand up for your freedom, you know. Nowadays, students like us, you know, the typical millennial, you know, they join any activist clan that's, you know, walking around the streets. You know, they want to fit in with everybody else, you know what I'm saying. 
I don't know about you guys, I like, you know, that they came up to us. I like that they didn't ignore us. So my message is, when you speak up for your freedom, your voice is going to be heard. It doesn't matter if it's in a parking lot, inside a school, it's going to be heard at the end of the day. So don't be scared, you know? Don't shy away, you know? How about that? Good for you, young man. Now, they're still hammering the vaccines for children, keep in mind. Remember, we have the data. Now, we have two years of data. We know that coronavirus does not pose any significant risk whatsoever for children. And yet they're still hammering home vaccines for your kids. And I want you to understand the stories like this, they're being suppressed. There are more of these stories out there than you can possibly know. Well, uh, everyone's in the house is vaccinated. I got my youngest 10-year-old vaccinated <clears throat> on the 15th of January. Um, two weeks later, on the 31st of January, he was playing in school. He had it well, I'll show you. That's his ECG, EKG. Um, he basically died. The, the ambulance was able to resuscitate him. Uh, never had heart issues before. None of the family have heart issues. Um, we spent a couple of days in hospital during the week. We ha still haven't seen cardiologists. Um, We've been told, no, it's nothing to do with the vaccine. Because it only happened once. So, I don't know. Ten-year-old. Ten. Out playing with his friends. Falls over from a heart attack. Now, I realize that wasn't America, but it's happening here. Let me ask you again. Do we care about kids in this society? Do we really? I know you personally do, but as a country, are we better than Afghanistan? All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We're going to talk to Dr. Ben Carson about several things next. He's certainly sharp enough to weigh in on all this stuff. But first, let's talk about something good. Let's talk about Eden Pure. You know I love these things. And I get your emails, and I'm glad you love them, too. I, I, I mean, it does bless me. I'm glad you love them. I had one, again, from somebody who bought one for every room in the house. I own three. Apparently, I've now fallen behind and have to own more. They're just these amazing little air purifiers, these little black things. They go right in the wall, don't make a bunch of noise, and they just make your house smell so clean. They constantly clean the air. There's no filter to replace, either. Go to EdenPureDeals.com and use the code JESSE and you get a three-pack for under $200. EdenPureDeals.com, code JESSE. We'll be back. Does the president take into account the trade-offs? I mean, this is about public health. It's not like just some kind of abstract thing in a vacuum. People, kids' mental health is affected by wearing masks. Human behavior is part of this. The economy is part of this. Does he take those into account, or does he assume the CDC will do that for him? Well, I think, Mara, it's also important to note that masks are effective at reducing transmission in schools and other places. Not even a thought to the mental health of our kids in this country. Joining me now is someone, obviously, who you know, Dr. Ben Carson. He is the founder of American Cornerstone Institute. Doctor, I'll be honest with you, this is something that struck me from the very beginning of this is it was all just about the virus itself 
and no one seemed to think about the economy, mental health, people who struggle with addiction. Just there was never a thought to these people in the beginning. Why? It's kind of interesting because they talked about following the science. Well, scientists always look at collateral damage. They always look at all the ramifications of what you're doing. They don't just go down one pathway. So this has been anti-science from the very beginning. And when you look at what's happened with the children in terms of uh, emergency room uh, mental health issues, up by 40% year over year from uh, 2020 to 2021 and probably continuing to go up now. You look at those young children who have to wear masks all the time. They don't get to see facial expressions. This is pretty important for very young children because they look to the adults and to the teachers for approval. And if they can't see that smile, uh, it leaves a tremendous void in their socialization process. Doctor, can you help me explain why we didn't do the traditional science things that you just brought up? Because it's not like we're a dumb, uneducated country. You got a whole bunch of doctors and people go to fancy schools and read a lot of books. I mean, I'm an idiot. I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I went to community college and I knew these things. Why didn't all the geniuses know them? Well, I don't know if it's a matter of them not knowing it or a matter of them wanting to ignore it. Uh, because, look, last week the information came out from the Johns Hopkins study that showed that the lockdowns uh, achieved virtually nothing. And yet there are still those who want to continue them. Uh, there are those who want to continue to mask the children, even though they know the statistics that I just quoted. They don't care. It's sort of like my way or the highway, and I'm not going to listen to anything you have to say, no matter how much sense it makes. So is it more of an arrogance thing? Is it a corruption thing? What, what say you? Uh, I've tried to figure it out from a logical point of view, but since there's no logic in it, it's hard to do that. Um, they, there must be some ulterior uh, scheme going on here that they want. I don't know if it's a control issue. Uh, I don't know if they're trying intentionally to create chaos. I don't know what they're doing, but I can tell you that it doesn't make any sense. That's for sure. Yeah. Here's a little montage the Daily Caller put out about Dr. Leanna Wynn. I have an almost four-year-old and a one-year-old. I cannot wait until they're eligible to receive the vaccine. I think until then, mask wearing for kids, especially if we are living in high transmission areas, is still going to be important. And what we really need to do at this point is to make vaccination the easy choice. It needs to be hard for people to remain unvaccinated. I mean, we wouldn't imagine bringing together 20, 30 unvaccinated adults, putting them in a single room together the entire day and have them not wear masks. Why would we say that that's okay for our children? There actually is a harm that we should be discussing of children continuing to mask. We should also be intellectually honest and say that masking has had a cost, especially for the youngest learners. So the risk benefit calculation has really changed. So I'm the mom of two little kids under five. I can't wait until they are vaccinated, but I would wait until we find that the vaccines are safe and effective. And I'm not sure that we can say that at the moment because we just don't have the data. Doctor, I, I mean, you're going to have to forgive me. I've about got a concussion from bouncing back and forth from all the directions on the issues here. Uh, are vaccines effective? Should we be masked? Is, are masks an assault on freedom? Can you help me figure this out? Well, I kind of feel sorry for her. She's bouncing all over the place. Uh, the last statement that she made was the only one that made a whole lot of sense, and that is 
we do not know how safe this is. We don't know what the long-term impact of this is. It's still an experimental situation. So five, 10, 15 years down the road, we don't know if we're going to have a whole bunch of people with autoimmune diseases and all kinds of things that we haven't anticipated. And therefore, what we do know is that the risk of the coronavirus to little healthy children is almost zero. So why would you take a risk that's almost zero and trade it for an unknown risk in the future? That makes absolutely no sense. That's completely non-scientific and non-logical. Doctor, to ask a nerd out question here, but I can't have someone smart on the show and not ask a smart question. Why is it not a big risk for kids? I mean, we know at this point in time, certainly older folks, definitely older folks with pre-existing conditions, fat people have to worry about it. We understand We understand the population who's most at risk, but it's not for kids. But I don't understand why. Well, we have empirical data. You know, we've been able to see that uh, kids seem to have much more in the way of natural immunity uh, to this than adults do. And, uh, you know, let's take advantage of that. We have seen that children do not get sick from this. They do not die from this unless they have underlying conditions. And the other thing that really needs to be emphasized here is we now have treatments for this. We have things like Paxlovid which decreased hospitalization and, and mortality rate by 90%. But is there any rush to get those things out there? No. Why is there no rush to get those things out there? That doesn't make any sense either. One more thing that doesn't make any sense, final question here, Regeneron. Now, I've, again, I'm an idiot. I don't even know what the stuff is. But I do talk to a bunch of healthcare professionals who have told me, mostly privately, They've been busy saving people's lives with Regeneron. This is something doctors and nurses are using, and it is saving people's lives. That's not me saying it. That's smart people saying it. FDA comes out and takes away the authorization. Now we have doctors sitting there with a shelf full of Regeneron and people flatlining. Could you please explain this to me? Well, the Regeneron is a, a form of monoclonal antibody, and uh, it, it allows you to infuse directly into the individual the antibodies that immediately go to work on the virus. Uh, I had COVID uh, more than a year ago. It was very serious. I was on the brink of death and uh, I got monoclonal antibody and within hours I was okay. Um, now it is true that it doesn't seem to have as much of an impact on the Omicron uh, variation but that doesn't mean it's not still useful. And they haven't revealed the impact of the various studies that have been done. They've just said, eh, it's lost its usefulness. I don't think oh, that's man. an adequate way to do things, quite frankly. Doctor, thank you so much for giving us some time, making us smarter. Appreciate you. Always a pleasure. Thank you. All right. We have Jason Matera joining us next. He's a journalist. Don't worry. One of the few good ones. He's a good journalist. All right. Now, I get a lot of emails now, people scared, angry, and I get a lot of new gun owner emails. Uh, Jesse, got a new weapon, got a new weapon. Good, good, I'm glad. Make sure you practice with it, learn to use it safely, practice your weapon. But I also want you to understand something, this is a mistake a lot of new gun owners make. Well, frankly, it's a mistake a lot of experienced gun owners make. Your holster does matter. It's not just a pouch. 
You know, it's not just, it holds my gun. That holster has to perform. When I say perform, it has to really, really last. Because when it breaks, and I've seen them break, that can cost you your life. When I tell you about Northwest Retention Systems, I actually don't tell you about it because they have cool designs. I understand everyone loves their designs, and you can go see They do have really cool designs, 1776 holsters and all this stuff. I tell you it because they're all handmade, all custom-made right here in the United States of America. Custom-made gear. It's the highest quality gear I've ever seen in my life. Go to nwretention.com and use the code JESSE, and that gets you 10% off. nwretention.com, promo code JESSE. We'll be back. Well, this was an interesting exchange. Maybe you've already come across that you see the Canadian trucker protest in Ottawa. Not only is it catching on around the world, it's growing still in Ottawa. And the government there has reached the point of being frantic. They don't know what to do. They can't seem to get rid of these people. They're taking gasoline. They're taking firewood. But look, you need to remember something at all times. Governments are vicious. There's nothing governments won't do. They're starting to fire up the rumor mill about possibly taking away any children who are there, claiming the children are in danger, of course. And of course, journalists far too often have now become lickspittles for the government and they carry the government's message to the public and they carried it to the wrong trucker this day. Did you hear the statement hear that I yeah. said? So, so you're saying, that's what I'm curious. So like you're saying you're, that my teenagers are threatened for being in Ottawa? Is that well, what you're telling I mean, me? Answer, you, answer you my heard, question. You heard the statement. We've all I'm answered right. questions. You answer mine. I'm are my children in danger for Are my children in danger for being in Ottawa? You don't give a about nobody. All you care about is your no, paycheck. You sold your soul a long time ago. You sold your soul a long time ago, and you sold your soul I, a long I, time I, ago. I, I'm, I'm here to you work for the devil. Thing. That's who you work for. I'm That's here, who you work for. I'm That's here. your boss. I'm, I'm here to talk about this thing. But I'm telling you, are my kids in danger in this city right now? I don't know the future. Like, I don't know. I mean, all I can tell well, you is Well, then why that, are you coming here trying to act like you're, you're concerned about to, kids? I'm here to talk. I have two teenagers here that are in my car. Are they in danger? Yes or no? I don't. I don't. I don't. Yes or no? I don't know what the future brings. I don't. Go yourself. Joining me now, Jason Matera. He's of course a New York Times best-selling author, Emmy-nominated journalist, and author of Capitalism and Hollywood Hypocrites. Jason, one, I very much enjoyed that. Two, when did this happen to journalism when they've become instead of the ones you know speaking truth to power we hear all the time now? They are part of the government. Sure, uh, that was so so gratifying to watch, and I think that was a tutorial on how uh, how we should speak to the media, how we should speak to the legacy dinosaur media today. You can just picture that reporter probably peeing on himself, right? Thinking that he would, I mean, he's getting laid into for being a propagandist for the state. Uh, and you're right, there was a calculation previously that whoever was in office you would try to ask these uh, difficult uh, questions because you were you were the buffer right you were the you were the accountability to those who had the power to legislate these type of authoritarian rules or just any rules that govern our lives so so reporters traditionally would say you know what uh, we're going to ask some of the tough questions but as we've seen over you know the last few decades those tough questions have been uh, certainly uh, tilted or directed to those who 
uh, who, who don't have uh, uh, R's next to their name. If you had an R next to your name, you, you were going to get a growing. But now, in the last, seems like in the last decade, it's accelerated where you have the, the uh, uh, Democrats are basically uh, stenographers for the state. They are not just lapdogs, they are enforcers. So anyone who doesn't ascribe to the official narrative is being declared as a purveyor of misinformation or disinformation. You have us, uh, you actually have re reporters at CNN who try, who have been actively for the last five years trying to get people deplatformed, right? It started out with people like Alex Jones and others, and, and you had conservatives, well, you know, it's Alex Jones, whatever. Oh, it's Milo Yiannopoulos, oh, whatever. And now we're getting it where it's, you know, most important broadcasters, the biggest broadcasters like Joe Rogan. And if it weren't for hacks that uh, represent and populate CNN and most of the legacy media, uh, we wouldn't be in this predicament. And it really, uh, it, it's important that we treat them with the exact contempt that that father treated that effeminate, effete journalist in Ottawa. 100%. And it should be noted, I do remember when they got Alex Jones, and I wrote, I actually wrote an article for the Federalists about it when they got it, because I saw all these people on the right clapping, oh, it's only Alex Jones, he's crazy. And I said, y'all are nuts, man. Do you think this wolf is going to stop there? You got another thing coming. Why has the right been so naive on this for so long, Jason? It drives me insane. <laughs> uh, you're, you're right. And I've been in, uh, in, in conservative politics now for uh, more than and two decades, but you and you you've had the traditional uh, conservative wing in D.C. that has been happy to be opposition or just like to play nice, and it's sort of the you know the George W. Bush, the the Mitt Romney, John McCain's of the world, and a lot of the D, the, the D.C. think tanks that were more concerned about funding and their own uh, protecting their own fiefdoms than they were about advancing conservative ideas, and that really all changed with uh, with Donald Trump, and I and and it wasn't just about Trump. As a, as a person, it was the uh, the attack mode he brought where you now have a new generation of conservative leaders, conservative activists, conservative journalists who are, who are no longer uh, okay with playing nice or patty cake with the left and sort of this, uh, 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 this game that happens in Washington. See, no, they wanna make advances and they're tired of being treated and subjected as second-class citizens. And, and so we're gonna see this type of growing divide. And I think it's good. It's, a purge is happening. A purge is necessary. And if we're really concerned about the you know, the direction of the country, it's not a time for these mealy-mouthed conservatives uh, who supposedly are conservatives uh, and have done nothing to actually advance conservative ideas but been been uh, more uh, about uh, uh, coddling uh, their own uh, donor base or keeping their own uh, keeping their own influence status and I think that that largely has been thrown out the window with social media and a bunch of now we have a bunch of platforms that can highlight talented voices you know such as yourself and others across the country who have a different perspective and are not tied to that traditional DC think tank group mentality yeah yeah, I've, I've believed this for a long time. You've got to just get yourself out of D.C. physically. I just don't think you can stay there long and stay very strong. At least not many do. All right. Mayorkas. Mayorkas has got trouble potentially on the horizon. This trucker convoy in Canada looks like it may be catching on. We're seeing big demonstrations in New Zealand. And Mayorkas, you know, he's having to answer questions.
And less than a week away from the game, new potential threats arise daily. The anti-vax trucker rally in Canada, they've made some threats to come down here. Are you prepared for that? Individuals have a perfect right to exercise their First Amendment rights. Once they intervene in other people's freedoms and liberties, it becomes a more complicated landscape. But we're working with law enforcement to address any eventualities. Jason... That combined with the DHS memo they just sent out about targeting people who, have, who, who push COVID misinformation, I'm starting to get a little bit worried about the administrative state here. Yeah, that, that's right. And I, I share that concern. It, it's funny to watch doing this interview. They're outside and they're standing like 30 feet apart as though that is doing anything, right, to, to stop the transmission. I mean, come on, both of them are probably like triple, quadruple vaxxed at, at this point, but they have to continue with the theater. Mayorkas, though, he says that he, uh, uh, it's okay to protest as long as you're not infringing on other people's rights. Well, that is the exact part of the debate here when it comes to vaccine mandates is we have all these western countries that were supposed to be the protectors of, of civil liberties and western values have returned descended especially canada new zealand australia into these authoritarian hotbeds so the the the, the point is they are infringing with these vaccine mandates saying, you know, you have to put something into your body that you don't want medically. You have to have a medical procedure that may violate your conscience or that you just, you, you may not need because you're COVID recovery, or whatever the hell, the, you know, your, 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 your excuse, it's your body, right? My body, my choice. So that is the heart of this debate. And yet my, my orcas has the, the stones to take them and say, well, you know, you can protest, but you can't just infringe on other people's liberties. It would have been great, Jesse, too, if when BLM, if you, as you as you well know, was shutting down bridges, right, and they are laying across, uh, you know, lie, lying across uh, roads and and highways like like these idiots, uh, be, be you know, the blocking traffic, and it's going going on for months and months. Oh, that's you know, that's just civil be disobedience. You know, we have it's okay. Our lives are inconvenienced because. As, as we know, the police are racist and they're targeting black people. That was okay. That type of protest is okay. But a bunch of working class truckers who are opposed to state dictates and state mandates, oh, then, you know, possibly we're dealing with domestic terrorists here. Uh, I know free speech may not be that free. The, the, it, it goes beyond hypocrisy. As you know, it's not no longer about just merely pointing out the duplicity here. It is the ruling class mindset. And what COVID has showed us, the last two years have shown us, is there, there are two different avenues, two different clashes. You have the ruling class and the elites, and you can throw the COVID Karens in with them. And then you have everybody else. And that everybody else, mm -hmm. they can be Democrats, Republicans, liberals, or conservatives. Uh, and, and the rules are specifically imposed upon them. And yet the ruling class, the ones who makes the rules, can get away with violating them because they have anointed themselves as uh, those with Solomonic wisdom to micromanage and central plan the American way of life. And that is the the big clash going on. It's, it's, it, it's far deeper than Republican versus Democrat here. It's the ruling class and elites versus the American worker. 100%. Jason Matera, come back and join me soon, please. You got it. Thanks for having me on, Jesse. You bet. That was awesome. Solomonic wisdom, by the way. I'm totally stealing that. All right, Adam Laxalt joins us next. But you ever have anxiety, nausea, morning sickness? Congratulations if that's the case. Hangover. 
Well, obviously these are things people go through. I get that. I get that a lot. Here's the thing. I don't like taking medication. You probably don't like taking it either. It's not that I'm the beacon of health by any means, but I just don't like putting chemicals in my body. I, I don't. That's why I like relief band. You ever have any of these symptoms at all, get yourself a relief band. No, no more chemicals, none of that. It's just a little band, goes right on your wrist, targets a nerve there that goes to the brain, and that nausea goes away. That anxiety, it goes away. Hangover goes away. Relief band. And I'll save you some money, too. Go to reliefband.com. Use the code JESSE. You save 20% and get free shipping. It's a pretty good deal. Reliefband.com. Promo code JESSE. 20% off and free shipping. This thing's pretty slick. We'll be back. First of all, there's no open borders again. And I, I, you know, somebody was attorney general for eight years in my state, working very closely on the border uh, uh, with Mexico. There, there are no open borders. There's no open border. What are you worried about? The border's totally secure. That is, of course, United States Senator Catherine Cortez Masto. Joining me now, guy running against their former Nevada Attorney General, Adam Laxalt. Adam, can you please explain to me, is the border closed or is it open? You know, uh, to have, as she said, the former attorney general of eight years continue to deny that there is an open border shows you everything you need to know, shows that she's lockstep with Joe Biden and the entire administration that denies this is this exists. I could tell you it's a huge problem here. We did a big press conference with law enforcement all across Nevada just last week. I was the former attorney general as well. And I can tell you law enforcement is dealing with this all over our state, increased drug trafficking, increased crime. Um, it is completely out of control, but it just shows how out of touch Masto and her, her leftist colleagues are on this major issue. Are they out of touch or is this on purpose? I, I, I mean, I'm sorry that the, the lady may be dumb as a box of rocks and she probably is, but she can watch video. She can read, I'm assuming that she, she understands the numbers that you understand. This seems intentional to me. You know, I just think that they are so beholden to their base. Uh, they think they are the party of open borders and that's the bottom line and they spent so many years demonizing the notion that we would build a wall and secure our border, that it's the only place they can be. And even though we have a year of concrete evidence of what an open border does to America, they refuse to adjust course, just like everything else we're dealing with right now, whether it's inflation, increased law and order issues, you name it, they will not change course because they're beholden to the left and, um, you know, they're hurting Americans and they're hurting Nevadans. There's no question about it. Let me ask you something. Tell me, the DHS, they're laying out, they had a memo yesterday, I'm reading it right now. They had a memo yesterday saying, hey, if you're worried about the election, if you're uh, worried about COVID restrictions, you're a potential domestic terrorist. Can you please explain to me how we got to a place where our government, our institutions which are supposed to be nonpartisan have aimed all their sights solely on the right the weaponization of our law enforcement agencies is one of the biggest problems we face right now to see just a few months ago when parents were trying to protect their children get get masks out of schools 
get schools open and they're labeled domestic terrorists on the behest of the teachers unions we found out later and the white house um this kind of weaponization is going to destroy our country and they are so out of step with where normal americans are they continue down this path they continue down all of these witch hunts and i could tell you that uh, as, as a former top law enforcement officer, we need law and order. We need to be able to rely on valid, legitimate use of government and what they've done to destroy the credibility. It's gonna be lasting. It's gonna cause deep damage to the fabric of our country. And all they say, when we fight back, whether it's through the media, we're fighting back the Washington class, they just pretend like we're conspiracy theorists. Uh, the reality is we are with the majority of Americans. They detest this activity, and we have the right to stand up for things we believe in. You see the truckers in Canada. They're simply standing up for freedom, and Trudeau and those governments are turning them into, quote-unquote, domestic terrorists. It's outrageous. I would say the only good news is that they're doing it so often and with such rank hypocrisy that everyone has to see what's really going on which is why we're going to have a massive red wave election here in nevada and i think across america in 2022. adam thank you so much i appreciate you thanks so much for having me all right we have a light in the mood next <laughs> well you're going to want to hang on for that but cancel culture you've heard a lot about cancel culture cancel culture this and cancel culture that how do we fight back? We get that a lot. I want it to stop, Jesse. How do we stop it? We have a special. Comes out tomorrow on cancel culture. How do we how do we cancel cancel culture? You can watch it, but you gotta become a first TV supporter. Go to the firsttv.com slash support and sign up today. Get you access to all of our specials on demand. Kamala, George Soros, all the specials we've done, they're all right there. The firsttv.com slash support. We'll be back. You ever go bridge jumping? I'll be honest with you. I'm not huge on heights. I'm not petrified of them, but I'm not huge on heights. So because of that, I've actually done some bridge jumping. One of those, yeah, I'll overcome my fears kind of thing. It, it's, it's, you know, it's, we're guys. All right, sometimes we do things that aren't that great. But I've done some bridge jumping. I'm not encouraging you to do so. I am, however, encouraging you, if you choose to participate in it, to make sure, make sure, don't think, make sure it's deep enough. People die doing that. And the landing, as someone who has landed wrong, the landing is a really important part. Someone's going to need some Tylenol. I'll see you tomorrow.